description of the pituitary gland. And today let's continue with that in more detail, the pituitary gland. We said yesterday, or I mean on Tuesday, that the hypothalamus is actually on top of the pituitary gland. Hypothalamus sends releasing hormones, releasing hormones that will go through the hypophyseal portal system, and that's what we see here. These neurosecretory cells, we call them, they are actually neurons in the hypothalamus. They are neurons. It's just that they have their axons long and they release the product, which is a hormone, and to the system called hypophyseal portal system. And from there, these releasing hormones will reach the adenohypophysis or anterior pituitary gland. So we see all this hypothalamus is surrounded by a capillary blood vessel and there is a portal vein, hypophyseal portal vein, that leads these secretions to another capillary vessels, capillary network in the anterior pituitary gland. There's another one around the posterior pituitary gland also, in the same way. So that's about the relationships of hypothalamus and anterior pituitary gland or adenohypophysis. The pituitary gland is a very small gland. It's the size of a bean or less, like a pea. And amazingly, it's very small, but it has a very important function in the physiology. The hormones produced by the adenohypophysis, they go to different places, glands and organs. And if that hypothesis fails, then we have a disaster. And actually, there's a disease. There's a disease uh, called hypopituitarism that affects the adenohypophysis, and these hormones are not produced. And they have influence on the uterus, it has an influence on the thyroid gland, it has an influence on the adrenal gland, and many, many problems and symptoms. So we said this on Tuesday, the anterior or adenohypophysis is most of the weight of the pituitary gland, and there are up to seven hormones produced here in the adenohypophysis. The posterior part, called posterior lobe, also known as neurohypophysis, it's neural tissue, it's nervous tissue. And there are two hormones released here. Notice this, release hormones, because these hormones are made by the hypothalamus. Again, talking about the posterior lobe or neurohypophysis, it releases hormones made by the hypothalamus. There is no production of hormones in the posterior pituitary gland. And the hypothalamus secretes a group of hormones called releasing hormones, and there's another group called inhibiting hormones. It's a long list of uh, hormones, releasing hormones and inhibiting hormones, that will control the pituitary gland. So that's why we say the hypothalamus is actually the one that commands. And again, it reaches 
jittery gland via the hypofacial portal system. Adeno hypothesis anterior lobe or anterior pituitary gland. Five different types of cells. We saw this last time, somatotrophs, tyrotrophs, gonadotrophs, lactotrophs, and corticotrophs. What's important is to know what hormones are produced by these types of cells, and that's what we have here. The somatotrophs, they, these cells produce human growth hormone. And this is the abbreviation for human growth hormone. For these hormones, we don't use, usually we don't use the long names, we just use abbreviations. So you better remember these abbreviations because we will just, in the exams and everything, will not say the whole name, the long name, just the abbreviation. TSH, that stands for thyroid stimulating hormone, that's produced by the cells called tyrotrophs. Gonadotrophs, these cells produce two hormones, FSH and LH. FSH, follicle-stimulating hormone, and LH, luteinizing hormone. We'll study these two hormones in reproductive system because these are called gonadotrophs. The prefix gonado comes from gonad. Gonads are ovaries and testes. They are produced on better. They influence the ovaries and testes for their function and, uh, and uh, production of other hormones. Lactotrophs, lacto from milk, prolactin, that's a hormone produced by the cells called lactotrophs. And corticotrophs, these cells produce ACTH, that stands for adrenal corticotropic, adrenal cortex, adrenal cortex. This hormone, ACTH, stimulates the adrenal cortex. The target cells are in the adrenal cortex. And MSH for melanocyte stimulating hormone. Target cells here, melanocytes. This is a summary of all these hormones. Seven hormones produced by five different types of cells. Let's go one by one, a quick description of these hormones. And these, uh, this, table, this table is showing us the hormone produced by the anterior pituitary gland here. Then what are the cells that secrete this hormone? And here, these two columns are the releasing hormones from the hypothalamus. And this other hormone, the inhibiting hormone, if there's any, from the hypothalamus. So for instance, for the human growth hormone, which is first in the list, there's another name for this HGH, and that's somatotropin. That was an old name that it had. GH or somatotropin. We saw it secreted by the somatotrophs, and there are two hormones released by the hypothalamus. The growth hormone, releasing hormone, again abbreviation, GHRH, and the growth hormone, inhibiting hormone, GHIH. 
There are some other names for this, somatocrinine, somatostatin. As long as you remember releasing and inhibiting, it's fine. That's for the human growth hormone. The second hormone, the TSH, also known as tyrotropin. It also has releasing hormone from the hypothalamus and inhibiting hormone from the hypothalamus. We'll see later how they work in the interaction of all these. Then we have the two follicle stimulated and luteinizing hormone, gonadotrophs. And here you see that there is only releasing hormone, GnRH, but there is no inhibiting hormones for these gonadotrophs or gonadotropins. Prolactin, there is a prolactin releasing hormone, PRH, and there is a prolactin inhibiting hormone, which is actually dopamine. Remember, dopamine from 40B is one of the neurotransmitters. The dopamine. Well, it happens to be that it's the same thing. That we call it prolactin inhibiting hormone, but it's actually dopamine. For prolactin. Then, adrenocorticotropic hormone, ACTH, it only has a releasing hormone. There is no inhibiting hormone for this. This is called CRH, the corticotropin releasing hormone. And finally, the melanocyte, MSH, it has a releasing hormone, which is the same as the ACTH, CRH, and the inhibiting is, again, dopamine. So the basic idea of this table is all the hormones produced by the pituitary gland, they have hormones coming from the hypothalamus, some of them releasing and inhibiting hormones, some others just releasing hormones. Yes? So they're called Now let's see how this works. Hypothalamus hormones releasing, inhibiting, and uh, how they work on the uh, pituitary gland. Negative feedback. This diagram is showing negative feedback loop. That happens in these cells, with these cells of the pituitary gland. Tyrotrophs, gonadotrophs, and corticotrophs. We see negative feedback uh, with, these, uh, with these cells. And this is an example of one of them, the corticotrophs which secrete ACTH here at anterior pituitary gland we see corticotropin ACTH being produced and released okay this ACTH as the name says adrenocorticotroph it goes and it stimulates the adrenal cortex what exactly stimulates in the adrenal cortex it makes the cells of the adrenal cortex produce cortisol. Cortisol is this hormone produced by the adrenal cortex. So again, the pituitary gland produces ACTH, and the ACTH goes to the target cells, which are in the adrenal cortex, and these cells produce cortisol. Now, let's go on above the pituitary gland. What happened before? There's a green arrow here because in the hypothalamus there is this hormone, corticotropin releasing hormone or CRH being produced and it reaches the anterior pituitary gland. The CRH stimulates 
the corticotroph cells so they can produce ACTH. Thus, the axis, hypothalamus, pituitary gland, adrenal cortex. That's how we call these. Every single hormone has an axis composed by hypothalamus, pituitary, and the target gland. Okay, we see cortisol down here, and these dotted lines, what it shows is the effect that the cortisol has on the anterior pituitary gland and on the hypothalamus. What is that effect? The cortisol inhibits release of corticotropin and inhibits release of CRH. Negative feedback. This is negative feedback. The cortisol exerts negative feedback on the pituitary gland and on the hypothalamus. So how this works? For some reason, many factors and things will stimulate hypothalamus. The hypothalamus produces CRH. Stress, let's say. You're under stress for some reason. The hypothalamus releases CRH. The CRH goes to the pituitary gland. Pituitary gland produces ACTH. That ACTH goes down to your adrenal cortex. Your adrenal cortex releases cortisol. And the cortisol activates many physiologic mechanisms in your body under stress. But then the, the levels of cortisol, when they reach certain levels, it, it stops the response. How? Because the elevated levels of cortisol, as we say here, the elevated levels of cortisol will inhibit production of CRH and ACTH, the typical negative feedback loop. Any question? Human growth hormone. That's one of the hormones that is produced in large amounts in the anterior pituitary gland. Nice brain tone. It's released in bursts. I think we mentioned on Tuesday that the hormones are released in bursts. Uh, this human growth hormone is released in bursts every few hours by these cells called somatotrophs. And um, is the main responsible of stimulation of tissues like the bones, muscles during growth, during development, in childhood, adolescence. Now, how they work? Human growth hormone stimulates synthesis of small proteins called IGFs. IGFs or somatomatins. IGF stands for insulin growth factor. Because it's related to insulin, it has like an insulin-like effect. That's why it's called insulin growth factor, but um, that's the only reason we call it IGFs. It's a mediator. Human growth hormone stimulates these proteins, and these proteins' growth factors stimulate the cells to grow. So the target cells for the human growth hormone are the liver. That's where these IGFs are produced in the liver. And those IGFs will stimulate muscles to grow, cartilage, bone, other tissues. But the IGFs, and here is the point why we call them insulin growth factor, will also stimulate in the liver synthesis of proteins and lipolysis. Lipolysis, which is breakdown of fats. 
and decrease the uptake of glucose by the cells. If the uptake of glucose by the cells is decreased, that means that more glucose will remain in the blood. And so that's the reason why we call this IGF. It has an insulin-like effect. There are two releasing hormones. There are two hormones from the hypothalamus that control these uh, uh, human growth hormone. GHRH, growth hormone releasing hormone, and GHIH, growth hormone inhibiting hormones. Same. Imagine the axis, in this case, hypothalamus producing GHRH, working on the pituitary gland. Pituitary gland produces GH, growth hormone, and that will work on the liver, muscles, etc. Yes? The IGFs are just the mediators. So the growth hormone is released and it stimulates the liver to produce IGFs. The IGFs will act on the cells. And in this diagram we see how uh, the axis for the growth hormone works. Let's go step by step. Here, hypothalamus. In green, green lines means stimulation, red lines means inhibition. So the GHRH is produced by the hypothalamus, growth releasing, I mean growth hormone releasing hormone. And many factors can stimulate the hypothalamus to produce this releasing hormone. One of them is low glucose, low glucose levels, also known as hypoglycemia. So the growth hormone is not only for growth, it also has metabolic effects. Because if we grow up after we reach complete development, it doesn't make sense for us to have growth hormone anymore. But still we have it. Because it's not only for growth, it also works for metabolism of glucose, fats, proteins. So one of the factors that affect the secretion of growth hormone is low blood glucose or hypoglycemia. So when this happens, the GHRH is released from the hypothalamus, and that's what we see here. And the green arrow is showing how the GHRH goes down to the adenohypophysis and it stimulates production of HGH or growth hormone. Now, there are two effects here. Growth hormone and IGFs, which are produced under the effect of GH, will speed up the breakdown of glycogen into glucose that happens in the liver and it gets into the blood so there will be more more glucose in the blood now the glucose level will get will rise to normal levels because remember here the initial stimulus was low blood glucose and the blood glucose gets to normal levels and that will be the signal for negative feedback the dotted line here, negative feedback. And this other, on the other side, on the other side, we have the growth hormone inhibiting hormone, which is produced under the effect of this stimulus, high blood glucose, the opposite effect. 
if the glucose is high, that will stimulate releasing of GH-IH inhibiting hormone. And that will stop the production of GH by the pituitary gland. And therefore, there will be less AGH, less IGFs, decreasing the glycogen breakdown. So the blood glucose levels will fall to normal levels if hyper hyperglycemia is present. And now this glucose decreasing will be the negative feedback effect on the hypothalamus. That's how the human growth hormone works for the metabolism. Yes? Are you saying that only happens for hypoglycemia? Is this example only happen if you have hypoglycemia? In the green side, if there is hypoglycemia. The red side happens when there is hyperglycemia. Yeah. And now, the effect of the growth hormone, remember, is stimulates growth in the muscles, etc. But it also has metabolic effect, and this is what we are showing in this, in this diagram, the effect on the glucose levels of this hormone. So growth hormone also works also works for or under negative feedback. Now what problems we can see depending on these cells that produce human growth hormone? The most common are tumors. Tumors that happen in the pituitary gland, as we see in this picture. Uh, this is an increased, enlarged pituitary gland at expense of adenohypophysis and especially the uh, cells that produce human growth hormone. And by the way, that's the most common type of tumor in the, in the pituitary gland. So if there's a tumor here, that will start eroding the cella torsica of the sphenoid. Out of batteries. I'll get more in the break. And the problems are maybe this. Gigantism, because there's an excess of human growth hormone during childhood. And that's how we have these cases of people that are very tall, like the ones that are reported in the believe it or not records, that type of thing. If gigantism is usually a problem of the human growth hormone, there's an excessive amount of this hormone. But if that happens during childhood, if a kid is growing and it has an excessive amount of hormone, all the tissues, bones, muscles, everything will grow symmetrically. So you will have a very tall person, symmetric person, like a giant. But if this happens in adults, then we have a disease called acromegaly. Acromegaly is an excess of GH, excess of GH during adulthood. And what's the difference? Well, adult has development, growth and development completed. There's no more tissue to grow, but instead it will deform. It will get deformities. Enlargement and elongation of bones of the face, the jaw, the cheeks, hands, but there's no growth in height. 
And the term acromegaly means acro, extremity, megaly, and large. So that's actually what we see, people with really big hands. But the whole upper limb will not grow. It's just the hand that grows. And there may be a problem because if the bones grow, ligaments grow excessively. What's in here? Carpal tunnel. And the median nerve may be compressed. That's one of the symptoms these people may have because of the enlargement of the bones of the extremities. So if someone has a tumor of the pituitary gland during childhood, they will become giants probably. But if it's an adult, you will get acromegaly. The other way around. Deficiency of the growth hormone. Pituitary dwarfism. That's actually a little girl. It looks like a doll. It looks like a toy, but it's actually a real person. That happens when there's a deficiency of growth hormone. There's no growth. You just have like a small person. Again, this, uh, believe it or not, people that, uh, the records, that the shortest people in the world, those are people with pituitary dwarfism. There's no growth. Do not confuse pituitary dwarfism with this guy. That guy doesn't have pituitary dwarfism. What's the difference? How can you tell? He looks older, yeah. What else? The head is really big. It's like a normal person. The proportion of the head to the uh, height of the, of the body might, must be seven to eight. But in this type of problems, it's one to four. So it's a big head. Those are the dwarfs that are typically described. Uh, like, they look like old people, but it's just short stature. And the fingers are really short. You see these people, they have the fingers like little, very, very short. That, that, that problem is called achondroplasia. Achondroplasia means problems in the formation of cartilage. Chondro come from cartilage. And if you remember again from 40A, the skeletal, I mean the bones, the long bones develop by endochondral ossification. And if there is no cartilage, then there won't be enough ossification of this long bone. So here's a summary of all these hormones produced by the pituitary gland. We have a uh, Let's describe one by one. First, human growth hormone, HGH. Target tissue, the liver, the liver and other tissues like the muscles, bones for growth. Main actions are described here, stimulates liver, muscle, cartilage, bone, other tissues to synthesize, secrete IGFs and promote growth. That's the main action. And elevation of blood glucose concentration. Growth hormone is released in spurts and bursts of a, a hormone. Thyroid stimulating hormone or TSH. TSH, the target thyroid gland. 
Action, stimulation, stimulates synthesis and secretion of thyroid hormones by the thyroid gland. Next, follicle stimulating hormone, FSH. Target tissues, ovaries, ovaries and testes. Actions, in females, has to do with development of the oocytes, the eggs, and secretion of estrogens. And in males, stimulates production of sperm. Luteinizing hormone, or LH, target tissues, ovary, and testes. In females, stimulates secretion of estrogen and progesterone, ovulation, and in males, stimulate testes to produce testosterone, the male hormone. Prolactin, target tissue, mammary glands. Promotes milk production, the prolactin. Adrenocorticotropic, corticotropin, target tissue, adrenal cortex. Action, stimulation of secretion of cortisol by the adrenal cortex. A melanocyte stimulating hormone, target tissue, there are some regions in the brain that are under the, the influence of the melanocyte-stimulating hormone. Now, if they are present in excessive amount, then will cause darkening of the skin, the MSH. So all these hormones, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hormones produced by the anterior pituitary gland. Imagine if you suppress the production of all these hormones, the impact on the whole physiology, everything. As I was saying at the beginning, there's actually a disease called hypopituitarism, where the cells of the pituitary gland actually die. And people have to live uh, taking hormones and trying to get balance in the physiology, controlling all these, all these functions listed here. Questions, comments? 10 minute break.